Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It is Thursday, January 19th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got some news on Hakeem Jeffries and Nancy Pelosi teaming up on the fundraising circuit. Number two, what Byron Donalds got. And number three, the Washington Press Club Foundation dinner headliners. All right, Jake, let's get to it. A very interesting lead to our Punchable News AM this morning focused on the effort of New York Democrat Hakeem Jeffries to try and amass uh, the fundraising numbers and totals that former Speaker Nancy Pelosi did. He's uh, teaming up with her on the West Coast in her hometown to uh, try to try to start that effort. That's right. Uh, Jeffries and Pelosi are in San Francisco today um, and L.A. tomorrow uh, meeting and fundraising. Pelosi is introducing Jeffries to her donor network. Um, So, you know, this is the this was the big question. Could Jeffries bring in the money that Pelosi brought in? And um, and what Pelosi is doing is beginning or not beginning is continuing her effort to try to integrate Jeffries into her orbit, into her donor orbit. And in San Francisco and LA, I mean, Pelosi has raised untold millions of dollars in San Francisco and in LA and, um, uh, bringing Jeffries along for that ride um, in her hometown and in in another money center in L.A. is a big thing. Now, there's another piece to this, uh, the inside the Capitol piece. But I guess, Anna, why don't you, what are your thoughts on the fundraising piece? Yeah, listen, I think it's really interesting, right? I think we always talk about, uh, you know, can the next leader um, raise as much or, you know, as, as the person before them, right? We, we saw this certainly on the Republican side when it was first John Boehner, then it was Paul Ryan, then now you see Kevin McCarthy dwarfing, I mean, the fundraising efforts of both of those man, men. Uh, Pelosi's a little different. She's been on top of a, the caucus for a lot longer uh, than any of them. And I think it's instructive because I think there was a lot of questions, not questions, but I mean, you know, what? how helpful was she going to be? Was it going to be Jeffries on his own? He's certainly teeing this up and this kind of big hurdle, uh, clearly, uh, that he knows he has to find a, find a way forward on differently than Pelosi did. Pelosi wore the, the, the weight of the fundraising uh, of the Democratic Party and the DCCC, you know, kind of around her neck. So I think proudly because she was such a good fundraiser, but it certainly was a lot of pressure. He is now trying to distribute that pressure so that it's not just him, but he's looking to be very inclusive uh, in this way uh, with with his funder- with his leadership team to try to kind of share the burden here in a way that we didn't see Pelosi do. Yeah, and... Um- one weakness that that of the Pelosi era, and it wasn't a weakness; it was a conscious decision. Is was that Pelosi had uh, had really concentrated on the DCCC and uh, other kinds of fundraising over House Majority PAC, the Democratic Super PAC, which always trailed the Republican Super PAC in donations. It seems as if this the new three, which is Hakeem Jeffries, Catherine Clark, and Pete Aguilar, uh, are. Um, are going to focus a little bit more on HMP, on that super PAC, and that's a big thing. Now let's talk about inside the Capitol. Pelosi and Jeffries have been meeting. They've been meeting about um, internal House politics, committees, what legislation people should carry, outside allies, districts. I mean, it is a 
that is a huge benefit that Jeffries has is that he could pick Pelosi's brain on this and he might decide to listen to some and not listen to others. But Pelosi just has, I mean, the time that she spent thinking about this is is um, is just it, it, it's unmatched. Right. I mean, no one has been uh, no you know, she's been a long, long serving leader longer than most people uh, in, in, in history, quite frankly. And uh, Jeffries has the ability to benefit from that. Yeah, the institutional knowledge. I mean, I think it's, uh, again, I, one of the things that we're really seeing, I think the contours of Jeffrey's leadership style start to emerge here as he has taken on this minority leader position. And it's not just Pelosi, right? He's also doing this regular rotation of caucus outreach, trying to make sure that he's kind of meeting with leaders in different factions of the caucus, trying to keep everybody together. Um, but the fact that he's he is open to right it's not as if he's saying like okay the pelosi era is over it's my time i need to do to kind of really carve out this this kind of caucus in in my own uh making i i do think it is just another example of wow how he has thought that you know how he's his confidence frankly that like he's willing to go to her and take advice and you know to your point it's i'm sure he's not always gonna gonna do what she thinks but is is able to kind of tap into that reservoir of knowledge um and, and do so with with the confidence of of a leader that's kind of finding their footing i think is just something that is important to think about as we think of how he's going to move forward um you know in the next six months in the next two years uh you know, just in terms of his leadership style. And does this remain the case or at some point does he pull away? That's something to watch, I think, as well. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Jake, you have a very uh, interesting item here about Representative Byron Donalds, of course, the second term Republican from Florida, who was a central figure in the intense drama surrounding Kevin McCarthy's election as speaker. We now know what he got uh, for his vote and support of McCarthy in the end. Uh, really interesting stuff. Yeah, so uh, let's run this down from the top. I mean, Byron Donalds was a key holdout. He actually got votes for speaker on the floor. Um, something that he, let's, he requested a bunch of things. Let's start from the top. He got financial services, um, which is a prized seat on the committee. Remember, he's making these requests as he's voting against McCarthy, eventually flipping to him on the 12th ballot. He got a seat at the elected leadership table. This is the elk is kind of the inner sanctum of House Republican politics. He's the Freedom Caucus's representative there. Um, something that gives him entree into the, you know, into the world of of House Republican leadership politics. He got a spot on the on the Republican steering committee, which decides committee assignments. Uh, and chairmanships for the entire House GOP. This is a big, a big get for him. He is McCarthy's appointee to that committee. One concession he did not get. He wanted an office in the Capitol. Uh, uh, I'd like an. Well, I guess we do have an office in the Capitol. So, uh, uh, but it's a shared office with a lot of other reporters. But we do. Um, he the the offices in the Capitol for members of Congress is a very very. Um, prized thing uh, a hideaway in the capitol is reserved for leadership it's reserved for top committee chairs appropriations rules um and byron donald's as far as we know did not and will not be getting one of those talk about uh, a lot of, a lot of things he did get though jake i mean i think that we often wonder and we talk about the horse trading and i think everyone was was watching the ins and outs 
of um, you know what what members were negotiating for their votes, and obviously it was a very tense time. But I mean, this is a that's pretty successful uh, negotiation when it comes to Donald's, and certainly puts him at the epicenter of McCarthy's you know, kind of leadership circle as well as puts himself on track to, especially with the finance committee, be able to do a lot more fundraising often um, because it is one of those A committees going to be, he's going to be an interesting figure to watch uh, this Congress for sure. Let's move on to the number three story of the morning. Something that will be very fun that a lot of our reporter friends, uh, staffers, and uh, members of Congress are always interested to see. But we have some news here. Senator Raphael Warnock, the Democrat from Georgia, and Representative Nancy Mace, the representative from South Carolina, will be headlining the Washington Press Club Foundation's 77th annual dinner this year. The dinner is going to be February 8th at the Waldorf Astoria, Washington, D.C., and the two lawmakers will continue the long tradition of delivering lighthearted speeches or roasts, uh, as I like to call them, as reporters and members celebrate a good cause promoting diversity in newsrooms. Yeah, uh, looking forward to this one. These are two good members to uh, to have a uh, uh, to give one of these speeches. Um we are excited to be uh, sponsors uh, and supporters of the event, right, Anna? Yeah, absolutely. We are uh, sponsoring and hosting the VIP reception ahead of the dinner. The proceeds for the annual event will fund internships and educational programs for women and minority journalists. So uh, looking forward to that coming up very shortly. With that, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Of course, as always, you can sign up for our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Share the Daily Punch. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. Have a great day and stay safe.